people first organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We, we all, all want, want purpose-driven work. work. HR-led organization is I'm sorry, but leaders don't lead empty desks and empty shop floors. Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants about leading in the time of change. What is working, what is not working, and more importantly, what we should be thinking about. Stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest. And now, let's engage. Hello, this is Sri Chalapa again, back with the People Strategy Leaders podcast. And I am joined today with actually a good friend of mine, Prithvi, uh, who we both worked together as executives in a previous life. Uh, so Prithvi um, obviously has a lot of experience leading companies, um, leading teams, leading organizations. Um, and I am really excited to have him. As a way of the background, Prithvi uh, is the founder and CEO of Smart Carrot. Uh, and is a business leader with varied experience in creating successful businesses and cross-functional teams. He has spent over 25 years in varied roles, believes in employee success, goes hand-in-hand with customer success. Prithvi's experience spans growing sales, account management, marketing, and product teams from grounds up. His experience in growing his last organization, uh, which is where we work together, to a $110 million revenue entity gives him enormous insights into various stages of growth and the associated team management. So obviously, you know, uh, the growth we had in a previous uh, organization, Emits, where we worked together, uh, was it went through all stages from a startup to a late stage startup to a very successful company. So what were some of the... Uh, you know, welcome to the welcome to the uh, call, Pithvi. But you know, the first question uh, I wanted to ask you is, what are some of the learnings you had in that process in team building? Hey, Shri. First of all, uh, thanks for having me, and uh, congratulations to you as well as the entire Engagely team as well for the enormous growth you are seeing and success. I'm very glad to be here. Uh, to your point, uh, you know, yeah, it's quite. It had. It has. It was quite a journey. Growing and, and as you are aware, we have gone through our ups and downs, uh, you know, in, in business cycle as well as, as as we have handled teams. So fair amount of learning tree. I think uh, uh, it, it spans across, you know, three four broad areas. I would mention uh, early part of my career and as we went as I went through business school uh, and even my early part of my EMITS journey, I was very skeptical of uh, the word culture, and I think a lot of people are. And across that journey and now, as I run my own organization, I'm much more appreciative of, uh, you know, and respectful of uh, the difficulty it is to create a good culture in your organization. So, and, and, and even in within, you know, a small team. So that num- would be number one, and maybe we could speak about that a little later. Uh, and then obviously a ton of learning and hiring people. Uh, a ton of learning in, you know, how do you incentivize, motivate people? How do you, uh, you know, keep keep being consistent as you drive certain uh, revenue metrics or, you know, performance goals across uh, teams? Uh, also, a good amount of learning in how to let people go. Uh, you know, so I think all that is part of team building. Uh, and, and I would say those top three would be primary areas which we have gained maximum amount of experience. Yeah, so let's talk about 
uh, the hiring and finding the right <clears throat> talent and, and having the right talent stay with you first. Sure. You know, when you are a brand that not many people necessarily know about as a startup or even as a late stage uh, and successful startup, you know, you're competing with the likes of Microsoft and Accenture yeah. and the likes of those, right, for, for the talent. Sure. And then having, and you're not necessarily paying them top uh, of the salary range yeah. that the market yeah. has. So what what are some of the things that you saw successful in your role um, previously, but also here to make sure that you get the right talent and you and you continue to uh, you know retain them and motivate them? Yeah, no, excellent question. I think uh, for you, obviously want to attract uh, performers and people who are above average and are likely to be above average in performance uh, when you're looking out uh, to build a team. Now, uh, for that sort of profile, you know, salary and uh, you know, compensation is one aspect of it. But an equally important aspect is uh, recognition as well as the opportunity to grow and the opportunity to be you know, performing freely. That, I think, uh, potentially is a big, big differentiator which a lot of organizations don't leverage and which we are trying to as we attract talents, we are saying, hey, here is a culture, and we go back to that initial learning, that we have a culture of allowing performers to thrive. They are more free. Uh, they have the independence to speak their mind, do their stuff, uh, you know, without being constrained by a lot of stuff which larger organizations potentially can't avoid. And that, I think, is an important element of not only uh, attracting them in the first place, uh, but to your point, also, uh, you know, retaining them. So they'll come in because of that, sort of hope, uh, but but they will remain if you are consistent in uh, you know driving that behavior. Yeah, so to summarize, culture is an important ingredient where they feel that they have um, a place to speak up their mind um, and are empowered to take decisions and do the things that they feel is right to move the company forward, move the organization, their goals forward. Um, it's a great point. You know, a lot of organizations have a lot of bureaucracy, have a lot of approval process and things like that that they need to do, um, obviously for uh, for a good reason. But obviously, that's uh, something that as a startup, you can be a little bit more uh, flexible with. And, <clears throat> you know, and that's where you attract the people who are go-getters in many ways as well. Um, so as we as we talk about that, you know, what uh, so what do you look for people when you're hiring them? to be successful uh, in your culture that you are, you are building and the teams that you're building? Yeah, so, you know, what I've learned to do, Sri, over the years is uh, uh, sort of, instead of getting immediately into the JD and starting out the interview process, probably step back a little bit and look at, even within the team, uh, what is it that you want to drive? I mean, it's easy to say, I want to drive, for example, if you take a sales team, we are saying, you know, just revenue, that's not good enough. You have to also think through what are, is, is it revenue and building pipeline? Is it closure ratios you want to be higher, so on and so forth. So you define uh, the outcome expected of the team. You also define what is the broad behavioral parameters you are willing and accepting the team to be able to drive. Then you go and try and find fitment from the market to fit into that scheme of thing. It is not necessarily, but it is avoidable to make a generic hire and then try to retrofit back into your culture, processes, and outcomes. Uh, so, so that's one aspect. And, and 
once you have those line of sight for different roles and different teams, as well as a broad organizational fitment, then you go and look for those specifics. You will, of course, look for the standard skill sets uh, for that role. But then, you know, the additional layers come in with regards to really fitment to your scheme of things, where you are, what stage of organization are you. Uh, for us, we need people who are, you know, more, let's go and do it today, then follow process because we are in that phase of growth currently. But at a later stage, we may want to look at somebody more, you know, uh, aligned more to process than 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 to day-to-day hustle, uh, just to give you an example. That makes sense. You know, what... You know, somebody who was really good in sales, or let's say IBM, may may not be as good of a salesperson in a startup like SmartCarrot or Engagely, um, because you know they are in different stages of their evolution, and the companies are in different stages of evolution. You know, this reminds me of this uh, really good book that I read uh, a few months ago, which actually was written like 15, 20 years ago. It's called Who, mm-hmm. and Who basically says the biggest problems that executive faces is who to hire, who right. to fit in that role. That is pretty much the only biggest problem that they have. And it talks about exactly what you are talking about here, Prithvi, which is um, focusing on the outcomes that you're looking for in that role, focusing on what type of goals and results you want to see, and then working backwards from that to really identify the type of person you want to hire into that role, or whether it's an internal hire or whether you're promoting somebody or whether you're hiring from external um, in the market as well. And I think that goes to a great idea, right? I mean, that's, it's not necessarily a great idea, but what I mean to say is that's a great point because organizations typically will say, hey, this person has 10 years of experience in selling to enterprises. Yeah, but you know, you were selling to enterprises when you were working for a big Fortune 100 brand, but selling to enterprises when you are working for a smart carrot or an engaged or any other, you know, series A or pre-series A startup, completely different ballgame. They have Absolutely. to act differently. They have to work differently. They have to uh, have a different type of motivation and yep. style, uh, which obviously makes a makes a huge difference. Um, so obviously, that's you know uh, hiring the right talent and how to go about that. You know, make you made a great point there. Um, so let's talk about once they are in the team. You know, what makes that person or the people in your team successful? What are some of the two or three things that you do to ensure that the team is working towards its uh, you know uh, stated objectives yeah it's a it's, it's a very valid uh, question Shri. so uh, quite a few things and again learned the hard way uh, by making mistakes so uh, one thing i have always been reasonably good at across my career handling teams and scaling them has been to be consistent uh, in how you evaluate the team members consistent and fair uh, that came naturally to me and that worked for me. And I think I continue to believe in that and do, do that now by you know uh, design. Earlier, it probably used to happen by default. Uh, so being consistent in one, your communication, being consistent in what goals you have set and being fair in treating all team members. You know, right. it's not about being equal you don't treat everyone equally you have to treat performers differently than you treat non-performers but the thing is are you doing it fairly and is it transparent enough and fair enough i think those three uh and this last latter one is easier said than done and it has you have to put a discipline to be able to do that i think goes a long long way in 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 people you know aligning to the organization aligning to the leader 
and aligning to the organizational outcomes more importantly. Yeah, and you make a great point. One of them that really resonates with me is being consistent in your goals and your objectives. Um, I would add the word clarity as well. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, the important thing that most people want is clarity of expectations, clarity of your goals, and the why behind those goals. Uh, so they know why they're doing what they're doing. Right. Right. Um, and when I see managers and leaders uh, in my past life, and sometimes even now, um, in other uh, organizations where uh, they change what they want every two weeks because yeah. they heard something from somebody at a bar or read an, yeah. read an article somewhere yeah. or uh, they just felt it, felt it differently another day. And if you start changing your goals and expectations, uh, that's where the people get confused and they get demotivated, more importantly. Yeah. So, you know, having consistency is great. And being fair is absolutely critical. So, yeah. you know, I, I really appreciate uh, you know the, that approach there. Yeah, just to awesome. underline one, if I may, just to underline what you said, one point. I think you made a very very important point of clarification of the why. I mean, look, as as a startup uh, and and the phase we are at right now, we do change tracks. I mean, it's it's not as if we don't because we need to. At times, we understand we are going down the wrong path. We need to change and change fast. It is okay to change as long as you clarify and explain to the team why you are doing it. I think people Correct. understand, align to it. So you made a very good point that, yeah, and we do it fairly often, or we are forcing ourselves to be diligent in doing that. Every time you change track uh, or, or make a change to the outcome the team is expected to align to, please spend some time explaining the rationale behind why. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, as you look at the leadership and as you continue to build your, build your team, I'm sure you're uh, at least, you know, you at least admire a few leaders out there. So my question I always ask every guest is, you know, maybe name a leader that you feel you really admire and um, somebody you'd like to emulate or at least take some lessons from. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh... So right off the cuff, uh, you know, what is top of mind for me are, uh, I've been an avid sports person myself, Sri as well, and I take a lot of learnings from what you see in team sports uh, to corporate life. Uh, and in that context, uh, you know, coming from my Indian heritage and background uh, and following cricket as actively as I have, uh, one of the significant learnings I've taken uh, even into corporate life is from uh, what most people in India would know as, as Mahinder Singh Dhoni. Uh, you know, right from grounds up to whatever we have discussed right now on this call, I think he's a great, good example of backing the right people, setting the right culture, putting the team accordingly, letting go of, you know, even seniors because they didn't fit that culture anymore or didn't fit the alignment to the team principles anymore clarifying reasons of why you should be doing what you should be doing. Uh, so I'm a great, great admirer of Mahinder Singh Dhoni. Yeah, yeah. No, he's absolutely uh, an amazing, was an amazing captain. And I think uh, I have a lot of respect for him, but I also the New Zealand captain, he's he's one of those uh, people yeah. who I have a lot of respect for. Yep. Um, and I forgot his name in the, on this call. So, um, but yeah, so well, uh, that's all the time we have here. Unfortunately, you know, we I would love to have continued this discussion. Maybe we can get you back again and and see where your journey has taken you and some new things you have insights you've had about your leadership and managing and growing teams. Um, any last thoughts? Any parting thoughts to people out there who are looking to build startups? You know, what 
uh, they should be maybe two or three things they should be thinking about? No, I think uh, you know I underline you know when we when especially in the startup mode, I think over communication is fine. So err on the side of over communicating uh, internally uh, to whoever you know, whether it's you know uh, the junior most person in your team or the senior most person in your team, be always very clear uh, why things are happening, where things are going. So I, I would say that's number one, over communicate and do spend some time thinking through, you know, what, what is it that the cultural connotations are of your day-to-day -day operations? So step back on and off and keep thinking about that. I think eventually in the long run, uh, those two aspects uh, definitely pay off. So Sri, thanks for having me. I think wonderful talking to you. I uh, would love to have you on my podcast as well. Look forward to that. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Prithi. Uh, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Again, this is uh, Sri Chalapa with People Leaders Strategy uh, People Strategy Leaders Podcast. Um, until next time. Thank you. Shri Chalapa here. Thank you so much for listening to the People Strategy Leaders Podcast. If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, please visit engagedly.com slash people strategy leaders podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag people strategy leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sri Chalapa. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And thank you to Patrick Ramsey, sound engineer at Kalinga Production Studios, for recording and mixing this show.